WTBC Radio and Beautiful Anywhere Anyone is brought to you by Live Bar. Please consider reviewing this program in iTunes, and the person with the funniest review will win a box of assorted Live Bars made right here in Salem, Oregon, just like this podcast. This is your chance to try these tasty treats and sharpen your wit to a razor's edge by leaving the funniest review of our program in iTunes or send it by email, whatever works for you. L-I-V-B-A-R-S dot com. That's Live Bar. Eat real food. It's our conversation with Emma Jonas. Comedian, writer, and podcaster. And the host of Truth or Dare Live. Find out what goes into writing a good joke. Wanting to be cool. There's something really exciting about starting out. You know, being young, wanting to do something new, finding a hobby and a passion that really makes you want to get up and try new things and cultivate experiences and figure out exactly how to do this thing well. I miss those days quite a bit, uh, but I also enjoy the experience that time has given me. But there is something to be said about the enthusiasm of just starting, of getting a new thing under your belt, of kind of learning the ins and outs, Uh, but also at the same time learning about yourself, finding the things in all of that that make you excited about being you, about what you can do in this world, how you can express yourself. You know, the, the, the best thing that any of us can ever do is figure out what we do well and then do it. Which is not always easy. Uh, I mean, we don't always get the opportunities to do stuff like that. And then when we do, sometimes they're squandered or we don't actually seize them in the way that someone who would actually be excited to be in that position would do. All of this is a long way of saying that uh, Emma Jonas is one of those people who, you know, she is on the path, even though she's only a few years into her career. Uh, you know, she's on two podcasts that, uh, you know, um, are part of the Salem comedy scene, uh, The Pilots, which is a show where uh, each episode is a completely new, improvised episode of a brand new podcast with two new hosts. With The Pilots, you can definitely see her and Dash Thompson kind of discovering what their improv strengths are. Uh, And that's uh, something that not all comedians pursue. Uh, But that seems to be kind of Emma's forte, doing all these different things that are comedy adjacent and trying to figure out which one fits best, you know. Either if it's writing on a podcast or doing stand-up or pursuing improv. uh, You know, she's trying all these different things as a way of getting at her voice, her style, her uh, sense of what it means to be funny. We talk a lot about 
actually the day-to-day grind of making comedy, of uh, writing jokes, of uh, going to mics, of trying to figure out how you fit into the scene around you. Uh, And I think what's important to remember is that, again, this isn't a conversation with somebody who's been in the industry for a while. You know, this isn't something where, you know, we're talking about her long and storied career as a comedian. No, she's only three years at most into her career. And, uh, you know, that's something to be said. You know, there's quite a few shows that she's involved with. There's quite a lot of really good, funny stuff, which will be in this show as you listen to it, uh, that she's very excited to do. And, uh, I mean, for somebody who is that young and, you know, fresh into their career, she is working every single day. Uh, it just gives you a sense of what the future holds for someone like this, you know? Like, I, I, I know that experience has been something that I've been very fortunate to have on my side because it makes the stuff that I do now uh, even better and uh, more interesting to listen to, I imagine. Uh, and I'm trying to push the fast-forward button on what Emma's career is going to lead to several years in, you know, after she's been at it for a while. And I can only imagine that it will just get better and better because she is somebody who is constantly thinking about the craft, working on ways to improve her own performance as a comedian. And that is really something impressive to watch. WTBC Radio in beautiful anywhere, anywhere. This conversation was recorded on the Lava Lamp Lounge patio on May 27th, 2018. I, uh, I think I'm crying lately. I'm going to be in the house. I just want to get along. You know, you think you are. I love crying. It's good for you. You're supposed to cry, so I tell myself. You know? But the problem with crying, as we all know, is it's not socially acceptable to cry in front of other people. What you're supposed to do if you catch somebody crying, you're supposed to pretend you caught them masturbating. That's right. Got it. Yeah. Uh, if you catch someone crying, your only option is you have to be like, oh my god. Oh, okay. I, I, sorry, I guess. I mean, to uh, lock the door next time, maybe. Like, not at work, please, Michael. And just go to HR about this. Since the last time that we talked, you actually hinted at a podcast that now exists. Yes. Uh, yes. And so I thought we would talk <laughs> a little bit about the pilots. Okay. Uh, but also about like improv and whatnot because sure. 
it's not comedy. <laughs> I mean, improv is funny, but it's a different discipline. It's a different kind of comedy. Yeah, it's a different route. Yeah. Uh, so, like, um, you know, I can understand wanting to do, like, okay, I think I got five minutes of jokes. Because mm-hmm. they're carefully written. Yes. You know, well, they like, should be. Anyway. <laughs> they're not, so they don't have to be, but... but Minor. <laughs> Usually, yeah. you can tell though too between yes. like if you watch enough open mics where someone has actually practiced or not. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but like improv seems a little scary to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm just kind of curious, like, how do you go from like, okay, I got this five minutes down to like, let me improvise thirty minutes <laughs> for the world to hear on the internet. <laughs> Well, I had there was there were more steps in between that because I think also since we last talked, I started doing improv at Capital City Theater. Mm. I joined. I'm on the student team and I do shows there. Cool. Well, yeah. we should talk about that. How, how yeah. did you? Was that like just a natural transition from? Well, these guys are funny too, or? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I've worked at the theater for. Okay. Almost three years now? Wow. And, <laughs> um, it's been a while since we talked last, too. That's uh, the yeah. problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I have lots of updates, so that's good. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've been working there. So I've been, you know, I watched the improv shows during my shift. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been doing stand-up that whole time. But um, So I really got a feel for at least how they do it at the theater, how, how improv works and what sort of the... Uh, differences are between that and stand-up and um, I took they have several levels of classes there's 101 on Mondays and it's all ages everyone welcome cool. I took that a couple of times and wasn't a huge fan <laughs> um, not that it's a bad class it's a great class I've taken it since then and it's sure. it's, it's really fun I mean the problem is I don't like uh, name games and mm. that's kind of you know it's a part of it sure but it's a great. I don't. I don't want to say that it's a bad class. It's just I took it and it was like I don't know. I'm just gonna stick with stand up. <laughs> well, then, and you know you, what you like too, and so very quickly yeah. if you don't click with it, it can leave bad taste. So yeah, yeah. So that didn't necessarily deter me from improv. It just I don't know. It, it wasn't a priority. I always thought oh, maybe I'll do someday when I find the time for it. And then sure. Well, you know what you like too, so yeah. you like. And I had already, you know, uh, this sounds snobby, but I had watched tons of improv at the theater, and I knew how it worked, and like what <laughs> right. a good scene was and a bad scene was, and you know, in 101, it's beginners, so it's sure you felt like you were more of a 102. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you can't just hop into that. So I auditioned. Mm-hmm. They have auditions every six months or so to, for oh. 102 for student team. Those are the next two levels, and then main cast. So I auditioned. And I got on student team. Cool. And um, yeah, I started doing that weekly practices monthly shows or twice a month actually mm-hmm. and uh it is scary right <laughs> i i love it it's so much fun it's that's cool because like i'm never really goofy otherwise mm. and i feel like it's helped me exercise that muscle a lot and it's actually really helped me on stage as a stand-up too mm. i actually want to pursue this line of talk because it's something i was thinking about when I saw you last was, and you do this thing that I really like when comedians do this and, and you do it very well with the very dry delivery and oh, you've you. got it commanded so that it's not like too dry <laughs> that people don't think you're telling a joke, but it's also like not too goofy. It's like yeah. right in the pocket. Yeah. It's, you have to find a balance. I mean, I'm, I'm always working on my delivery. That's mm-hmm. one of the hardest parts of 
doing stand-up because if you have a good joke it means nothing if you can't deliver it well <laughs> right right you know, it might look it might look great on the page it might yeah exactly <laughs> but uh, if you if you deliver it with bad timing or the wrong tone of voice mm-hmm. or you know you put on some weird persona just it doesn't work so right that's I'll, nice to hear because i yeah i'm every every stand-up has their own style of delivery and i'm working on figuring out what exactly mine is yeah, well, and do you think that the improv is kind of guiding you by by wor- working on yeah. in this one realm? It's helping you out in another. Or? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, it's definitely made me. I don't know necessarily more physical on stage, but more like I don't know if it makes sense, but more physically open. Because mm. I, I think before I started improv, I was I was kind of, you know, standing further back on the stage, clutching the hand with. Or clutching the mic with both hands, you know, looking down a Sure. Yeah, because you can definitely get into this realm where you feel like, okay, there's a clock running, and there's people here, and so I've got to get yeah. through this much material, and, yes. you know, and so, like, being aware of the space can sometimes be third or fourth on your priority mm-hmm. list. <laughs> yeah, one of my biggest problems for a while is that I would talk way too fast on stage, and I would mm. rush through you know, tags and punchlines, and I wouldn't let them sit long enough to get the laughs that I was trying to get. Sure. And then I'd be like, what? This is funny, I think. Why aren't people laughing? It's like, <laughs> oh, I just didn't give them time to laugh. Yeah. Well, and that's the hardest part about that, is, like, trying to mimic the flow of conversation yeah. in a way that doesn't seem, like, forced and whatnot. Because when you mm-hmm. do start talking a little fast, it definitely sounds like... Okay, you're just reading material. Yeah, now. you're reciting. <laughs> yeah, totally. And yeah. that's I mean I find when uh, if you can tell someone's reciting, it usually means that they're in kind of a slump. Like I've I've had that too, where mm. I'm just reciting jokes because I don't know what else to do. And sure, sure. Can't figure out a direction. Yeah, well this is the um, <clears throat> the thing that I think a lot of uh, class clowns run into in school where <laughs> they have the one bit that they do that they know gets yeah. a reaction. <laughs> So when there's a, a lull, they throw that bit out. And yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's great when everyone's 17 and, you know, sure. no easy one cared. Crowd. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very easy. Farting class? Hilarious. Yeah. Every time. I stand by that stuff. Yeah, I mean, that works until you're about 29, 30 sometimes. Nah, farting's funny forever. <laughs> I'm going to take a hard stance on that one. <laughs> there was a class I took in college where we were reading uh, The Odyssey uh, and there's like a lot of uh, ribald sections in there, and oh I just remember the professor just relishing yeah. all of these <laughs> moments. <laughs> you know, and I was like, you know, for some people they can be seventy something, and they're still still funny. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to a, a podcast where they were just reading Romeo and Juliet, and there were just there was there's a whole scene right at the beginning with like Mercutio and Tybalt and they're just telling dick jokes. Oh yeah, no that scene's really funny. It's hilarious. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it would be hard to pull that scene off though now because of the um, iambic pentameter. But like mm-hmm. on the page, those jokes are fucking great. Yes. <laughs> and then it it, it, get, it it's it's harder without like the stage trappings to really yeah. land those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Well, I mean that's you have to being a Shakespearean actor is hard. Not I'm not a Shakespearean actor, but <laughs> I couldn't tell. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, I used to I uh, when I was a teenager I interned for a Shakespeare company mm. for a few years and um, 
I they threw me a few lines and I was terrible at it because I <laughs> didn't understand that you're not just reciting the poem on the page you're yeah. just speaking it as if it's a sentence mm-hmm. yeah it's, it, it's <laughs> challenging too I now do you, uh, this is something I've noticed with a lot of people who do comedy uh, they have some connection to theater but it wasn't it didn't click necessarily yeah and that was absolutely the case yeah totally yeah i never did theater well i i guess i did uh the school musicals in middle school okay that was really my only theater that i did in school and then Mm -hmm. i took like an intro to acting class in college which was bad (laughs) yeah um but i never you know i never like joined the school improv team or middle school plays are funny too because (laughs) There's usually like one or two students who are really good, like they're yeah. already like and on they their get way. All the parts. And then there's like mm-hmm. a lot of drag. Yep. <laughs> I was part of the drag. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you, you know, recognized what you were good at. Yes. <laughs> well, not at the time. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. My parents were covering their faces with their hands. <laughs> it was not my forte. <laughs> I, I think back to the things I did performatively as a child, like. I, I, I say child, but I mean like, you know, before 30 or whatever. Uh, the, the specifically things I did with my siblings to my parents. And I just like, I'm, I'm trying to imagine what they were thinking when we were putting on these little <laughs> shows for them, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, oh boy. <laughs> a part of me wishes that camera phones were a thing then. Because <laughs> like, I would be curious just for the novelty. <laughs> it would be fascinating to, yeah. My... My cousins and I all loved Greece when mm, we were kids, and mm-hmm. we would s- just stage Greece. Yeah. <laughs> What's not to love about Greece? Uh, yeah, it was fun. You know, you know songs and cars. You mm-hmm. know, and yeah, tight pants. Yeah. Uh, uh, weird lyrics about flowers uh, <laughs> pollinating, and you're not quite sure what it means. Yeah, metaphors <laughs> that you won't understand for a while. And then you're like, why is everyone treating Rizzo all weird? And then you get that she is pregnant. And yeah, that's a la- layer I didn't catch right away. <laughs> yeah, it took me a while. <laughs> I love that about uh, the casual uh, exposure to films when I was a kid, where like there would just be these really weird R sections mm-hmm. of PG films that we would be watching. Yeah. Oh man, going back and watching old movies, it's like, oh, this part was from a mom and dad. Okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, for sure. So uh, when you're Doing the student team improv stuff, um, we, was that kind of like saying like, oh, I think I could do a podcast out of this? Or what? how did you go from there to let's start recording? Um, well, um, I had worked with Dash Thompson. He's the other half of the pilots. Yeah. Uh, and Chad, the producer, mm-hmm. Chad Johnson. And um, I'd worked with them for a while because they're both stand-ups too. Dash mm-hmm. has been doing improv longer than I have. He's on the main cast now. He was on student team when we started the podcast um i don't know what made us we if i recall we were just talking at the theater one day like because chad was starting up the um, podcast studio salem comedy studios yeah we were like we should do a podcast what should it be about and i'm like oh, i don't know i and then i was like <laughs> what if we just do a different do the first episode of a different podcast every time <laughs> like oh yeah then we don't have to stick to any ideas perfect <laughs> it is a conceit that i'm surprised didn't already exist because it's so simple actually and it's... it does exist. oh it does oh no <laughs> I, I know it was... i know it's yeah i feel i i i would feel worse not talking about it 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a podcast called the Andy Daly Podcast Pilot Project. Oh, okay. Yes, it's him. I've never heard of this. It's great. It's okay. him and Matt Gorley, who are two hilarious oh, improvisers. he's really good, too. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. Okay. And so they, they do that. Uh, they have guests on who are, you know, the comedians oh, or improvisers. Okay. Interesting. And, yeah, theirs are longer and more thought out and better, obviously. <laughs> of course. Because well, you guys sometimes will do like a half hour. Like, yeah. And then you'll top out. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, I think our longest one, uh, we just recorded one that was like an hour long or something, maybe 45 minutes. Nice. They've been getting a little longer. Yeah. But um, yeah, I found that out a couple of months after we started and was like, well, shit. Oh. <laughs> I'm stealing, I guess. Flattery? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I mean, it's, it it is a simple concept, and it's you know we're we're improvising as two characters basically, sure, sure. or however many characters we're playing. So it's it's not like we're stealing a very particular concept. Oh, for so sure. So I don't feel bad continuing to do it. Because in a way, this is an extension of like the kinds of improv games that people play, where it's like you just start talking and I'll join in and yeah. we'll see where it goes. Yeah. And, um, it's, so it's like that's that concept could be anything, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, there's improv where humans are just doing long scenes. So right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's just long form improv, basically. Mm-hmm. It was just, when I found that out, I was like, wow, rats. You know? <laughs> well, but not that surprising. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And, uh, and well, and hopefully, too, you know, this is like many things uh, a place where you not only get to make something that's cool but like practice a skill too that, yeah so, that's like, what it really is because we have I would guess 10 or so people who actually listen to it <laughs> so I'm not too worried about Andy Daly finding it and being like hey wait a minute <laughs> right 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 well the um, 10 listeners that are listening to the pilots <laughs> please also listen to Andy Daly <laughs> yeah it, it's really good it's great yeah. If, if you like ours, you'll love his. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt Gorley's funny, I swear. He is. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it is, it's, it is really good practice, because I've never done long form. Yeah. Well, and it's just impressive for me to hear, because, like, you know, I... I can't imagine doing that. I mean, I can have a conversation for a half hour. Uh-huh. There might be three funny parts to it, <laughs> but yeah, like, it's. I mean, it's hard because you know you're not just having a conversation in character, but you're agreeing, and there has to be some sort of arc in every episode, or it's just boring right. talking. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah, it's good skills to learn. Sure, it definitely helps with short form. Right. Well, and like I imagine too, the. Um, serendipity of finding jokes that mm. way must feel very satisfying. Oh, yeah. It's great. <laughs> we, we do a lot of giggling yeah. in the studio. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, I, can't, I can only imagine, too, like, it's one thing to sit there and craft something that you spent, like, a good, you know, ten minutes on, and you're like, oh, yeah, that sentence really works, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, the... Uh, especially when it's a collaborative moment. Like, yeah. there are times when you guys are talking together where you just piggyback off of each other and get this perfect run, and yeah. it's like... It's so fun. <laughs> and, I mean, Dash is... He's great to work with. He's a, he's a really solid improviser who's yeah. just... He's quick, and he's super weird. Yeah. And... He does get really weird yes. in a... Um, it's a... He's starting to get his own specific weirdness. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, it's nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um... Because, uh, you know, like, that is the problem when you start to get a little bit weird, is that there's some people sometimes that you start to sound like. Mm-hmm. He's definitely got a voice that's, like, 
his, and I like that. He does. He like. has a very particular style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, when you were thinking about doing comedy, I mean, I, it, we talked about this. You kind of had an interesting in where you didn't mm-hmm. really realize you were you had you <laughs> yeah. thought you had to do comedy and was, you didn't have to or yeah i thought it was part of a job interview. <laughs> uh, so so your intro is a little bit different uh but like did, did you think a lot about tone about person like what your persona was going to be at first was that something that came to mind Cause uh, i'm really thinking about this a lot lately mm-hmm. of like how do you zero in on this is emma you know <laughs> yeah yeah um I don't know if I was thinking so much about that at first. I, I, I think it, it occurred to me, but I didn't know how to start doing it hmm. until I had, you know, a bunch of material to work with. Sure. Because, you know, a good comic comes from a specific perspective. Right. You know, you can you can be... I, I mean, I've seen, for example, tons of great one-liner comics, but the mm-hmm. danger of being a one-liner comic is you can't necessarily fit a lot of personality in there because you're working with... You know, right. wordplay, puns, stuff like that, mm-hmm. versus, like, here's a story, a crazy yeah. story for, about my day, or here's a crazy thing about being a woman, or being Jewish, or being a whatever. Yeah, like, um, you know, uh, Stephen Wright comes to mind, because most of his stuff Love is uh, one-liner yeah. driven, um, but I think it took, like... 20 years before we got the personality. Yeah. You know what totally. I mean? Totally. <laughs> and that's that's amazing to me if you can do that as mm-hmm. a one-liner comic. Yeah. Whereas, like, Paul F. Tompkins, who basically does exclusively stories almost, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, I think he could do one-liners, but that's not his style. Yeah. Um, yeah. You instantly get dropped into his personality. Yes. yes. <laughs> he has a very particular perspective um, and sense of humor that comes out right away. Yeah. And uh, it's like being somewhere in between those two poles and mm-hmm. like finding your position in there is always like a, a challenge. Um, yeah. It is. It is. And it's hard to pick exactly what to prioritize. I guess mm. I, you don't have to, but... I don't know. It's, it is something I think about a lot now. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, because like... Um, you know, we are fortunate enough to live like we're no longer in this kind of like era where you had the, a regional scene and that was pre- pretty much the only people you saw mm-hmm. and then like when people came touring through town you're like oh what's this national acts look like yeah it's not like you, you can see it all on the internet yeah. the next day you can listen to it on spotify all day at work <laughs> right the micro scene of like you know west salem's best you know <laughs> yeah. could be d- documented better than it ever could have been so mm-hmm. um what i find interesting about that is you you, because you can consume more, you have more stuff kind of informing, oh, not that, <laughs> but maybe this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it helps going to, like, open mics and just seeing, you know, 30 comics in a row or whatever. And yeah. This is something, okay, like, uh, this might be a good place to delve into because, um, you know, you are uh, a good example of someone who started out at the very beginning and is like working your way through the comedy scene. Mm-hmm. Like for someone who is sitting there writing jokes in their den, say, <laughs> in yes, their spare time, and their joke writing den. We all have one. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, the comfy some of chair. Us, some of us, it's our cars, but yes. Right, right, right. <laughs> and you pull out your index cards, and yes. you're like, hmm, okay. Uh, you know, there, that's one thing. But like, what's it? Uh, what would be some good advice for people starting out, like who? think they want to start telling jokes because obviously they've already made the decision yeah. you can't help them in that department like, you can't steer them <laughs> yeah, I can't toward, say don't. <laughs> towards like something better yeah um, musician whatever mm-hmm. you know 
so, uh, so like, uh, in terms of, like, uh, starting out, what do you think was the most helpful things that you picked up, like, as a, you know, mm. I, I think you get this question from the 15 years in person, who goes, like, <laughs> oh, I remember I did this, yeah. but, like, you're actually, like, only... I'm still brand new. I yeah, mean, you're, like... Not what? even three years. Yeah, which, I mean, shy, yeah. you know, that, you know, I'm... I feel like it would be more based on just seeing you perform. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, that's nice. Because you have a confidence on stage that's very... Um, that's the improv coming out. Okay, there you yeah. go. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess my advice is do improv. No. There you go. <laughs> Not necessarily. Um, my advice to anyone thinking about starting comedy is go watch open mics. Right. Or, you know, I mean, go up, but, like, watch the whole mic. Yeah, don't go and just leave yeah, afterwards. I mean... <laughs> We had there. There are people. I've seen this a number of times since I started. Who will start comedy? They'll start coming around, but they'll come. They'll bring you know their friends or their family or whatever, and they'll they'll do their set and leave. Oh yes, and it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm, you know, you're. They're not trying to be part of comedy. They're trying to tell their jokes i don't know yeah it, it's like a, uh, getting a vanity book pressed or something like that you know? yeah yeah um, and i mean the whole you know bringing a bunch of friends or family like i'm glad my family didn't see me do comedy <laughs> until you know at least a few months after i'd started granted they live in another state but i wouldn't have brought them if they lived here <laughs> right. i wouldn't have told them about it <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 that's a uh, um you know oh it's uh, it, um uh Spot spies, yeah, that's where we're doing it at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I think about that too a lot because this happens in musical open mics as well. Oh yeah, the I bet. person that shows up to do like a vanity mm -hmm. where they set up a camera in the corner yep, and like they always have the camera. A bunch of people are there to see yes. them, and uh, usually someone else in the crowd pulls out a phone real quick to get the second angle. <laughs> and um, I mean, it's cute because like. I like it when everybody gets to have their moment, because, like, that's sure. fun, you know? Yeah, it's nice, you know, it's nice that people are supported by, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, their friend's family, but it's I think like everyone you're, you're just using the open mic yes. for for yourself. Yeah, yeah, and everyone else in the room knows what that is, too. Like, yes. they're, they're all kind of like, I can go ahead and have a cigarette, yes. like... Um, I'm, not, I'm not a, what you might call a happy person, but it's okay, I'm really good at it. Until I die. 
something other than suicidal. <laughs> so far, so good. It's going great. Thank you so much. Uh, we talked for an hour. We had a really good talk. And I was feeling really positive about it. Like, she gets me. She's got a sense of humor. This is a really good decision. And then at the end of the hour, she asks me, by the way, just, just curious, what made you choose me as your therapist? And I said, I mean, I read your website so long ago, and I think the biggest draw was that you didn't mention anything about astrology. <laughs> really my only criteria. <laughs> Harder to find than you would think. You guys are making a whole surprise, actually. <laughs> um, and she goes, oh, interesting. You do realize I'm a HIPAA therapist, right? Which is not a nice surprise to get at the end of the hour. Turns out I have two criteria now. And um, to be honest, I don't exactly remember what happened after that. WTBC Radio is also sponsored by Peggy's Vegan Hot Sauce. Locally made in Portland, Oregon, Peggy's Sauce is 100% vegan and 100% ready for you to experience a taste explosion you'll want again and again. Available in three flavors, Hotter Melon, Ghostberry, Five Star Gary, Carolina Reaper. That's with avocados. For more information about Peggy's Sauce, including ordering inquiries, please visit Peggy's Vegan Hot Sauce, all one word, on either Facebook or Instagram. Let me say it one more time, Peggy's Vegan Hot Sauce, when you need a little something with an extra kick. The best example <laughs> of this happened um, a few months ago. Hmm. There was this guy, uh, I don't know if I should name him, it, does it, his name's Casey Dunn. And I say that because there's, there's a reason I say it. So he, <laughs> Casey Dunn, messages a few comics around town, myself included, saying, hey, I'm thinking about trying the open mic, do you have any advice for me? And, um, you know, I've gotten that message a few times from people, I'm like, okay, right, cool, right, right. yeah, you know, um... Uh, just write a bunch of stuff and the lights are going to be really bright and <laughs> take your time on stage and sure, sure. don't run the light and don't say anything to, to hurt people's feelings or whatever, you know, don't be a dick yeah, 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 like yeah, that's yeah. usually my general advice it's kind of like being uh, funny at a party you know, like just yeah. all of the normal social stuff exactly, <laughs> just, you know, be yourself but it, you know, it's true, do be yourself like, exactly. don't get on stage with the persona but anyway, so I talked to this guy briefly and then um, he uh, he's coming to the mic and he messages ahead to the theater like a few days before Hey, uh, my name's Casey Dunn. I, um, I want to try comedy as part of my um, bucket list because I have or might have cancer, oh. and I'm going to be bringing about 75 people. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I believe I was, was I working or, 
yeah, I was maybe working that night at the theater. And uh, so, yeah, Casey Dunn shows up with 75 people in tow. uh, And they're all wearing matching T-shirts that uh, say Casey Russell One and Done Tour at Capital City Theater. Whoa. One and done, get it, because Casey yeah. Dunn, that's yeah. why I yeah, yeah, yeah. name him, because it's on the shirt. Uh, the name of the theater is spelled wrong, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this guy goes up. He, We have him down, like, last third or quarter of the list. Sure, sure. Because we know that as soon as this guy goes up, everyone's leaving. Right, right, right. So everyone's keep the crowd back. for a little while. Exactly. So we're going to use, use your crowd. Exactly. Basically. So, he goes up, and he's a, it's just, it's, he's just a regular dude. It's his first time doing an open mic. No one has a good first set. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And if you have a good first set, cool, but it's not going to be your best set. It no, better not get, be your best set. No, you'll get better. <laughs> yeah, you better get better. And, like, he just, he goes up, and he's just making, like, in-jokes with his friends. Uh, he's, like, yeah, yeah, he yeah. knows that some dude's sitting up front, like, God. Tyler, you're wearing that hat again, mm-hmm. and all his friends mm-hmm. start laughing raucously. And so this is like a, a wedding uh, <laughs> toast kind yeah. of uh, joke situation, yes. you know? Yeah, like, he uh, just wanted to get up. Yeah, and Uncle Don has come up to do <laughs> yeah. like a, a drunk five minutes. Yes, he does. His, yeah. He does his five minutes, and he gets very sentimental about his son and his his, his cancer and his. You know, this is such a beautiful night for all of him and his friends and blah, blah, blah. And all the comics are just standing at the side of the room like, oh, my God. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> much, can we light him, please? <laughs> and, of course, he goes long and everything. And Oof. Yeah. yeah, which... That's an yeah. amateur move. It right is, there. absolutely. And um, some people never learn not to go long, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. <laughs> And uh, he gets off stage, and he gets a standing ovation from his friends. Fair, fair. And, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. He th- shows up. Oh, yeah, that's right. He shows up uh, a week or two later um, with, you know, maybe one or two people. <laughs> and he, he gets on stage, and he's like, so it turns out I don't have cancer. Whoa. <laughs> Which is why I'm fine laughing about all of this. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's like, that whole thing is just like, dude, get out of my comedy, man. Yeah. Don't, don't use comedy for that. This, hmm. isn't, this isn't yours, this is ours. That feels very like he knew the answer much sooner than when he told everyone on stage. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, oh, I don't want to insinuate rough. anything, but it's like, it's like, um, did you ever see that documentary, My Kid Could Paint That? No, I haven't actually. It's this documentary, really fascinating, well done. Um, it's, I am gonna spoil it for you. Okay. But it's yeah. still it's still a great story. Sure. Um, it's about this little kid, like I don't know, five years old or something like that, who mm-hmm. makes these paintings that sell for like millions of dollars. Oh, okay. Just like you know, little kid paintings or whatever. Sure. And uh, it um, turns out that the kid's dad is making the paintings. Oh, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like. Yeah. They're just exploiting the art world because sure. they know that they can. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, Not right. that anyone at an open mic is making millions of dollars, no, but still. But this happens in music, though. Lives. This happens in film. This happens in a lot of places mm-hmm. where uh, the mechanism's already in place. People who take mm-hmm. it seriously are working to 
do whatever it is that they want to do. Yeah. And then someone else comes in and is like, you know, I could kind of... This crutch already exists for me yes. to get somewhere. So I'll just use that yeah. to get what I want. And, and and their stakes are, like, strangely low-high in mm -hmm. a way. Where it's, like, it's petty, but it's, like, it's taking away from other people and that's why it sucks. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean... You know, the one upside of that is you know that guys like that aren't going to become around for long. Right. Like, he's shown up a couple of times since then, I think just to watch mostly. And it's mm. just like, yeah, okay, I think he kind of gets now why that was a dick move. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, I like... Yeah, um, that's an extreme example of a bad open micer, but... Right, right, right. But, I mean, like, I imagine every flavor, you know, especially because I feel like you're out almost every day of the week. If you're not doing something, I feel like you're having oh, a yeah. mic like every day. <laughs> yeah, I try to do comedy. Well, in Salem, I do comedy twice a week. We have two mics right now. Mm -hmm. uh, Capital City Theater and Front Street Inn, which is in a few hours. Right. <laughs> and um, there are a few mics that I like to go to in Portland. And I have recently actually been having a decent amount of shows, which yeah. is nice. So I'll do one or two of those a week. Mm-hmm. Well, and it seems like you also have gotten to do a couple of festival things here and there. Oh, um, kind of. I was on a festival last year. Uh, it's a very... Um, I don't want to say low bar because that makes it sound like a bad festival, <laughs> but, but a lot of people can get into it. Oh, okay. It's really fun. It was sure, uh, sure. Savage Henry down in Arcata. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It was awesome. I had an amazing time. Um, saw some great comedy. And then recently I went and volunteered at Undertow Festival. That's okay. But I didn't get on the festival. Sure. Dash did, actually. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. He, he did great. So <clears throat> I imagine, again, there's this other step that you're doing here where you're going from, like, mics to festivals and actual shows where yeah. your your name is, like, the listed performer. <laughs> uh, was that, like, something that was, like, a felt like a bigger step or did you oh, just yeah. kind of transition right away or no um my first show was um like a month or like a month and a half after um my first set and that was at capital city theater hmm. back when they were doing the first iteration of friday night funny right which is was at the time a weekly showcase with like three or so comics on it including a local guest spot five to seven minutes and that was my first show and nice. I was very excited about it and it was really fun <laughs> um, <clears throat> that show has since changed it's now every other week and it's instead of being booked by just one very stressed out dude it's booked by four only somewhat stressed out people so it's it's you been running smooth you, spare, you share the uh the stress uh, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah which turns out to be a better show and we'll get you know six comics each mm -hmm. doing uh, similar amounts of time, but... As a Jew, I, um, I've never been to a christening, and I'm wondering if you can see this, you know, um, do they smash the champagne bottle on the baby? Selfish or get a hole on a Saturday. 
stones for me was um when was that exactly maybe I want to say maybe it was just over a year ago maybe like a year and a half ago I did an open mic at Capital City Theater and some people from Portland just happened to be at the mic that night mm. going up and um, one of them Tony C he's a really hilarious and uh, endlessly kind dude um, who he moved to England, actually, but he used to book a show called Comedy League Night in Portland. Oh, I think I heard about this. It was really cool. It was a new material curated mic, basically. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah, so he <laughs> saw me go up at that mic and then booked me off of that, which was huge for me. I think that was maybe my first Portland show. So I, I don't know. But um, that was, sounds like a scary thing to go and do all new material in another town in front of. Yeah, <laughs> it was scary. It was scary, but you no, know, it was my first Portland show because um, I did well at that show. Mm -hmm. I felt really good about it. I think I still do some of those jokes that I <laughs> tried out that night, and nice. then off of that, I got booked by uh, Marcus Coleman, who runs. He's one of the hosts of You're Welcome at Mississippi Pizza in Portland. Very cool. And he booked me on that afterwards, and I've just been kind of getting, making the rounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> since this, then. This is, a, I mean, like, I mean, this is a very good thing to have happen, but, like, staying that busy must also kind of help sharpen you in, like, oh, I got to keep working yeah, on the material, too. Absolutely, like, yeah. I, I imagine at, at a point you're like, well, I can't just keep doing this joke because... Mm -hmm. Now all of my friends have heard it six or seven times. Yes, <laughs> and it's—I mean—it's good to have those those well polished, well practiced jokes in your back pocket for shows mm -hmm. out of town. But um, yeah, especially having only two mics in Salem, I tried to be constantly either writing new material or updating old material and working on improving it. 
Yeah. Well, because there's the um, uh, you, you, um, uh, you, you can tell I'm listening to podcasts. There's the joke, and then there's the tags and the yes. preface and the setup and all that. Yeah, so you got the terminology. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, I listened to two podcasts before this, uh, and so I, I mean, like. Obviously, the concept for the joke can be one thing, but, mm-hmm. like, you can develop it over months and months yeah, and get absolutely. it, you know, one way or another. Yeah, and some people, it's really interesting, like, Dash is one of these, he, uh, he doesn't have, like, hundreds of jokes, but the ones he has, he works on in, like, very, uh, meticulously. Mm. Like, I'll see him do the same joke at a mic, you know, all month long, but each time he's, he's changed some very specific wording or switch some tags around or throw new stuff in you can hear almost like commas being rearranged Mm -hmm. and stuff yeah which is really interesting to watch yeah well because like and i know that this is again you got to get past that second mic dude um after you've done it up there a few times you get sick of the your own like wording and you start to notice like oh crap i do but here twice or like (laughs) i end the sentence with of and uh, yeah you know all these things that start to irritate you and like you can't help but like try to Mm -hmm. i think of it like um adages you know like they don't Mm -hmm. become as awesome as the adage we know now at first like Mm -hmm. you know thousands of years ago the adage sucked and it took (laughs) some time to whittle it down to just the yeah exactly uh (laughs) and so like that's the thing i love about uh writing now is revision Yes. Almost more than the writing part of it. Oh, yeah. Writing sucks. <laughs> writing sucks so bad. I hate writing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, I have a fucking degree in it. But <laughs> sure, sure. Well, I mean, I, and I think that that's the thing that sticks out in my head is that, like, every time I hear a really good joke, I'm like, how much, was that one day? Two days? <laughs> how, how long did it take? You know, like... Uh, Probably weeks. Yeah. At least. Well, I mean, like, cumulatively, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, it's it's always so impressive. Mm-hmm. And especially when the joke kills, too. Because yes. then you're like, fuck, I need one of those. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, you gotta you keep... Yeah, it's tough. Absolutely. <laughs> well, one thing that is, I've been noticing about myself recently, and I don't know if I... I don't, I don't know if I'm a fan of this, but I've been doing a lot of my rewriting on stage mm. at mics or even at shows. Oh. Like, I've started, I guess I've just gotten comfortable riffing more, which sure. um, is how I've developed a lot of new tags. Can we talk about um, your actual process process? Because I'm, really, I'm sure. very fascinated about this. Like, do you have a book or do you use, like, more of a digital space? Like, how are I you? I have both. Oh, okay. I'm all over the place. I'm very <laughs> disorganized. I have a few notebooks floating around. Um, I use one at a time. I have mine in my bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put set lists in there and occasionally I'll write out some jokes mm. in it. Um, more often, I have been using my phone. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I'll write and keep, especially with the voice-to-text thing. Oh, okay. That was what I was curious about. So yeah. it, does it pick it up pretty... Yeah, it works pretty well. Nice. I just talk it out, and I mean, you know, the punctuation's gone, and it changes words to sometimes I can't recognize what it right. thought I said, but <laughs> <laughs> or what I thought I was saying. But, um, yeah, I don't... I don't, I'm not very satisfied with my writing system. Mm. I, I think I used to be, no, I definitely used to be a lot more diligent about just sitting down and putting pen to paper, which is how I prefer to write in general. Right. I like writing by hand. I find it mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. satisfying. But, um, yeah, I think I've just been lazy. And I also, I'm, so I'm curious about the voice 
recognition. Do you think it's the working and sound that is better for joke writing for you? Or? Yeah, it. I think it, it definitely changes how I write. Hmm. Um, when I'm writing on paper, the jokes will end up a lot longer. <laughs> okay. Because I'll, you know, I'll, I'll write the joke itself, and I, I try to write it as I would speak it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the most part. And then I wind up, you know, writing things in the margins and putting arrows all over the place. And <laughs> this it, part should go first. Yeah, and I do brackets, and then move this here, and cross this whole thing out, and sure, it sure. just, you know, it looks messy, but it looks like mm-hmm. a process. So <laughs> I run into with handwriting the problem of the joke gets buried because I'm so worried about the setup. I'm uh-huh. like, oh, they need this part to know this, so like I'm, you know, and I'm right. like I'm working, I'm done. I, I'm so busy in the front end, and I'm like, I haven't even worked on the funny part yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, I mean, it's it's all it's all important. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah, I guess I, I have that problem, too. Often, especially when I, I've handwritten a joke, mm-hmm. uh, I'll just wind up cutting out big chunks of it to get straight to the punchline yeah, more efficiently to the punchline rather you're not the first person that's told me that too of like you know if you can't get the funny part to be funny then fuck the rest of it yeah <laughs> you know? the funny part has to be the funny part yeah oh, so like that i mean it's definitely see my problem being is that like i i think of things so structurally where mm-hmm. i'm like well they need this first you know <laughs> well that's that's important too i i actually think about that a lot like um i read a lot of uh Stanley Fish, I think mm. he talks about information gaps. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of all I remember about it. But I remember that, you know, that 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 idea of information gaps pops up for me a lot. Where like you need your listener to be informed to a certain extent, right? For them to agree with the premise you're trying to put before them. Um, I think about that a lot when I'm doing more, uh, for lack of a better term, feminist material. Right, right. Because I, if I'm telling a joke about, say, the patriarchy or, you know, <laughs> making fun of men or something like that, I have, to, I, I have to assume that the audience does not agree with me <laughs> at first. And you're winning them over. Yes, right. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to lead them along and hold their hand and fill in. It's more of an argument than a statement. Yes, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it can be a funny argument. Mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I try to make it a funny argument. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, you, uh, I'm glad that you... Because, like, there is a feminist component to your comedy, but it's not like, you know, that uh, Simpsons joke, well, then I got my period, you know? It's not like that kind of feminist. It's more like... I mean, like, I think the tampon joke comes to mind where the joke is more of the, can I borrow one? It's Mm -hmm. not not about, like, the biology of the moment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, like, I kind of like that notion where it's, like, it's almost, like, kind of surreal in a way where it's mm-hmm. it's not leaning on the like you know um let me get in touch with my feminine wiles it's more <laughs> of a like let me uh tell you something that's funny about an also. everyday thing yeah, that yeah. women go through all the time that people they would rather think it's gross than laugh about it which is dumb because periods are hilarious in my opinion <laughs> they're kind of like kind of like farts in they, a way exactly it's a bathroom function <laughs> <Right>. you know <laughs> poop jokes are funny how come period jokes aren't funny exactly so i yeah that's that's why i i like i love telling period jokes yeah you know i love 
I love when a period joke goes well because I'm like, good, you think periods are funny now. <laughs> there was a moment. Some people might not have thought that before I said this stuff. I've seen you do it twice now. The uh, a very I think the tampon joke and a variation of some kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once I felt like the most recent time, it didn't quite land as well. It doesn't always. Yeah, it doesn't always. The first time there was this moment where like half of the room just blew up <laughs> and it was like this moment where i was like see in the right setting yes. like it doesn't you know like guys and girls are both laughing at the mm-hmm. same thing like it's not like only the cool guys got it <laughs> yeah exactly i yeah i i imagine my audience wearing like baseball caps <laughs> they well mm, <laughs> you know i live in salem so. yikes <laughs> Uh, it, not, I guess it depends on the necessarily. Yeah. it depends on the tilt of the cap, like how <laughs> yes, far rotated around the hat, the head. The, yes, they've got the cap going. Yeah, then I, I adjust my jokes accordingly. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it, it's you know it's interesting too because like we finally exist in a place, hopefully, where you can pursue this and it's not going to be like, well, she can never tell jokes in this city again. She just broke mm-hmm. the feminist line, you know, yeah. like. <laughs> I haven't come across that too much yet, and I have, you know, I have some material. I I don't pull it out very often, mostly when I'm in Portland because I don't have to do as much work. So maybe it's lazy on my part. But, <laughs> um, but I, I have a couple of jokes about, like I was saying earlier, I have a joke about patriarchy where I talk about the patriarchy and I say that word several times mm-hmm. and like. When I do it in Salem or some other cities where I've done it, I can see people like visibly tense up, well, like, "Oh, mean? she's gonna, mm-hmm. she's gonna fucking yell at us uh, now, goddamn, oh, fucking that... bitch!" And I'm uh, like, no, 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 we're fine. Right. Everyone's fine. <laughs> You're here. I'm here. We're just chatting, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is different. I imagine doing Portland versus Salem because yeah. of the um, red blue divide. Absolutely. You know, like yes. Mar- Marion County for those who maybe aren't keyed in where, wherever you're listening to this podcast from uh it was red uh in the last i mean maybe not yeah. in the most recent midterms but the uh most recent presidential, presidential yeah we well we've got 100... that surrounding farmland you know they don't have the internet out there yeah exactly <laughs> and, and well and, and like it can feel like you're in like you know rural australia at times yeah when you're just outside of salem yes. proper <laughs> yeah i always i always forget that you know you, you live in your pockets mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so like i get what you mean where i'm like how could it be hard to tell if i'm and then i'm like <laughs> well i am a dude yeah and we do live in a rural place yes, <laughs> yes. so, so. I, I you know i have to consider that geographically but i also you know i like to see it as a challenge because right. if i want to try a new joke that leans in that direction or mm-hmm. you know something politically liberal or whatever right um then it's it's a good challenge I, it's nice to hear you not being afraid to say politically liberal as something you believe in yeah because i mean it's sometimes you maybe this isn't as common sometimes run into comedians where you can't they really are afraid of letting oh, yeah. their political anything show yeah you know? totally um, i i i'd say at least of the comics I know more don't do political material than do. Right. And I, I mean, I don't do a ton. I have like a couple of jokes about Nazis and I've you know, made fun of Trump mm-hmm. however many times. I, I hope you're punching Nazis, right? We're pro-punching? Oh, yeah. I okay. mean, 
was worried there for a second. <laughs> I, just, I don't, I don't want to get anywhere near him. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. getting close enough to hit one is a hard. <laughs> yeah. That's a really no. I just call him stupid. <laughs> okay, pretty much. You're you're, you're fine. Then. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, they're anti-Nazi jokes. Just sure, want to make that clear. I don't like Nazis. Um. Straight up, right? No, we're we're on the same page yeah, there. I am Jewish. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> it, it, and it's so funny to think that we have to make jokes about this again yeah that's <laughs> like, that's, the weirdest that's kind part. of that's sort of uh the heart of one of my jokes is like mm. really right we're dealing with Nazis now? <laughs> are like, we certain that that's what's actually happening right, like right. which dimension are we in now mm-hmm. no, you're, you're, for sure for sure because like that is um it's I nuts think, well and comedians i think are closer to the pulse on this than a lot of people because I mean, they are uh, talking to people all the time. Yeah, they're like yeah. interacting with folks, mm-hmm. uh, with each other, with the venues, traveling and stuff. So, like, inevitably, politics touches your life sure. in some form. <laughs> well, know? I mean, it's you know, it's touching all of our lives, uh, socially and culturally now, mm-hmm. because like it's the our social climate is literally changing before our eyes you know right it's i made i made this joke and then i crazy. realized it wasn't a good joke because i was like i thought we were over that fascism thing you know and it and then like <laughs> i realized like that is, that's not even funny you know it's like <laughs> we shouldn't be making jokes like that I mean, we shouldn't have to <laughs> right but if you can you know right, make right. it funny <laughs> no, yeah actually that one should probably get some punch up yes um you know i'll revise that i am uh, single Dedicated to make you look hotter. I mean, what's the point? Because we're all just, just 
uh, ended in the morning because upon seeing my fleshy rolls in the morning sunlight, uh, the fellow in question stopped trying to have sex with me and pretended that he had something in his eye. And then he left. Yeah. I mean, not so bad, you know. I want to actually talk about radio, if I, if you don't mind. Yeah. Because sure. uh, the other thing that's happened recently, which is fantastic, you are now on the moon. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I've moved to the moon. Yeah. I've set up shop. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, are you Eating in the um, uh, Galileo crater or? Um, oh, uh, Arbus. Arbus. Oh, yeah. I hear that one's nice. It is. So. It's 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 cozy. You know. Cozy. I don't, I don't like to have too much open space. So. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Um, and and that's uh, Sundays at six. Yes. Right. Sundays at six to eight. Cool. Well, I'm not supposed to say the end time because people aren't supposed to stop listening. Well, yeah. Keep listening. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, how did you get in, get in on this? Like uh, when we spoke last, I didn't sense DJ among your DNA. <laughs> and I mean, I'm I, I'm not saying that there is. You know, I, I don't think you're about to drop a, a huge. Uh, you know. Um, beat no at any moment, i don't have any mixtapes in the work at, right. in the works at the moment um, um but but i'm very curious like what, what what inspired this well um i uh used to run an online radio show when i was at school mm. had a lot of fun doing that just playing music and talking um at one point just me and another point it was me and a buddy were just uh and that that was really fun and then um a few months ago uh tony meyer another improviser on the student team, really funny dude. He shared a Facebook post from the moon. Uh, that's one of 5.5 the moon. <laughs> <laughs> um, say, where they were saying, we're looking for female DJs, and you know, et cetera, more, more detail than that. And uh, send us a message if you're interested. And I was like, cool. Hey, fine, why not? Why not? So I just... Yeah, that was really my whole thought process. Like, that sounds neat. Sure. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, so I sent I sent in a message, not really expecting much to come of it, and heard back right away. And then they, uh, Sean, the owner of the station, invited me to a meeting with all the other potential DJs, and we just just talked about sort of his vision for the station and what radio should look like and how it should be in the uh, part of the community because it, it's a community station. Yeah. And I was really on board with all of it so and cool yeah so you know it's a volunteer position but yeah i love it that i mean this is the dirty little secret of radio is that like it, uh like many many things in this world there's no more money in it yeah so like <laughs> it's all volunteers yes. it's, it's all these uh, um uh, obsessed weirdos mm-hmm. that just you know they can't not be part of radio yes. <laughs> um but yeah, uh, I like that. So uh, I mean, uh, obviously, you know, people who are listening here may not have heard your show. So like, we tune in 
on Sundays. Uh, mm-hmm. What are we going to hear on uh, on your show? Like, what, what's what's uh, what's Emma's uh, jukebox like? Well, uh, actually, it's about to expand quite a bit. Mm. Um, we work out of the Moon's Library. It's all very particularly curated, right. and I happen to like the taste in music, so mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. works out great for me, but a lot of it is just me kind of frantically scrolling through and <laughs> listening to songs on my phone, like, is that going to fit in after this song? Yeah, 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 sure, sure. So, I <laughs> so don't you do know a lot of exactly. it on the fly, actually. I do. I, well, I, I, like, I go in early and I, you know, throw some songs in the queue, try to sure. set up a few four-song chunks or whatever. Cool. Sets, rather. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I just, today, um, put a bunch of music on a USB stick that I'm going to deliver to the station. Nice. And it hopefully will be added to the library. Cool. At least most of it. Hopefully it makes the cut. Yeah. I'm well, very excited. Can you share any uh, any deep cuts from your USB stick? or? Oh, sure. Yeah, let's see. Put some... Uh, put a bunch of Slater Kinney on there. Cool. Got some... Um, Nana Grizzle, uh, Simon and Garfunkel, of course. Oh, my favorite band. Sure, yeah, sure. I don't think you mentioned that last time. Oh, Your really? Your favorite? Yeah. That's awesome. They're my favorite. Yeah. I, just, I always go back to them. I remember those records fondly from a kid, you know, mm-hmm. like just around the house. And it's, it's good around the house music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's one thing, um, for whatever uh, shortcomings my parents may have had, there was a lot of music constantly <laughs> that's good. going around. And not like, you know, dirges. Like it yes. was it, upbeat. Yes. Fun well, that's stuff. where I got Simon and Garfunkel's. Um, my. Uh, my dad, I want to say, got me a copy of uh, Bookends. Mm. Yeah, he and I, I, th- I, there are a lot of bands that I would specifically listen to with my dad. It was mm. Simon and Garfunkel, um, Cat Stevens. Oh, nice. Yeah. I would listen to Carol King with my mom. She's mm. on my... Tapestry's on my, great. It's underrated, I think. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I think... Uh, great karaoke songs, too. Oh, for sure, for sure. I think there's a lot of people who... If you started playing Tapestry for them and didn't tell them <laughs> anything, that they would know more of it than they thought they did. Yeah. And would start humming along. It's used everywhere. It's what, the Gilmore Girls theme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. It's great. I've never seen the show, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I like, um, you know, so, I, I mean, obviously, I'm biased against radio positively. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, so, I mean, I'm always interested in people's shows, but what I think is great about <laughs> The Moon is that it has got this voice as well, mm-hmm. and that's something that um, they're very keen about. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. they want to keep it... They're very particular about the tone. Yeah, which is cool, because, like, um, we're kind of getting back to talking about comedy and tone and whatnot, mm-hmm. you can miss the mark so yeah. easily yes. with just one false move. Mm-hmm. Um it can be very nerve-wracking. Yeah. Well, and, like, radio <coughs> sometimes sounds a little schizophrenic in a way, especially <laughs> pop radio. Yes. Because, like, so much of it is, like, I have to make this harsh transition between, like, mm-hmm. Celine Dion and Green Day. Yeah. And, It's you know. hard to do that reset. <laughs> yeah, so Sean's very particular about, you know, make the set flow. Cool. Don't, don't, uh don't jar anybody yeah you know? this don't, is like don't old, be startling uh, um mixtape philosophy you yeah know? and like, i i love that you know i've i've made many playlists just for myself where you know i think about that kind of thing right or like 
uh, it all started back when I worked at summer camp. <laughs> <laughs> wow, did we just get wet hot on this podcast? <laughs> we're about to. I don't know. We'll see where it goes. Um, yeah, I was a song leader at a Jewish summer camp. Whoa, that's awesome! <laughs> it was. Uh, I, to be fair, did not like working there. Did, I don't like mm. working with kids. Sure, just sure. Not my thing. Which, yeah. But it was fun, you know, singing and playing the guitar. That part was good. But uh. the part where I had to be a counselor was <laughs> mm-hmm. not my favorite. But um, <clears throat> we had to think a lot about that. It was. I worked with a couple of other song leader people and right we had to think a lot about the set and the energy and you know what's what's going to build on what mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah <clears throat> i did uh outdoor school as a counselor in high school uh my last couple years of high school and uh sounds fun i remember kind of having a similar experience <coughs> where i didn't as much like the I'm with the kids mm-hmm. in the classroom part of it, and yeah. I really liked the on the beach singing along to songs part of it. Yeah, the outside part is fun, where you're running around, being right. goofy, doing silly kid stuff, exactly. singing songs, yeah, yeah. playing guitar, but yeah. And then you gotta go in and do some, like, you know... Um, <laughs> a weekly Torah lesson. Yeah, oh wow, yeah. It was a Jewish kid. That's right, I camp. keep forgetting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah all of my um, camp experiences were, um, uh, I think, uh, um, atheist, maybe, I Agnostic. Okay. It, kind of, it, could, yeah. it could sometimes veer in a direction with some of the songs, depending. <laughs> but it wasn't church camp. Yeah, yeah, no, no church camp for me. Church camp seems creepy. Yeah. If you want it, you can have it. But you gotta learn to reach out there and grab it. If you are looking for professional photography and contemporary style and glamour, then J. Jean Portraits is your destination. Based right here in Salem, Oregon just like this podcast, J. Jean Portraits can offer the right kind of photos for the project that you have in mind. To help wet the whistle of people interested in J. Jean Portraits, we are holding a contest for the person or artist who would like to do a little photo shoot on us. Please send an email to austinrich at gmail.com and explain why you should have your band, art project, or whatever photographed in a short paragraph. And the most interesting entry will receive a full photo shoot package courtesy of J. Jean Portraits. You do not want to miss out on this opportunity to get professional quality photography for free. So please enter to win a free photography package with J. Jean Portraits. That's jjeanportraits.com. A professional look tailored specifically for you. I did a really fun booty call the other night. Um, at like 2 in the morning, dude calls me up. He's like, hey, I have to call out to Chicago in the morning. It was my dad. He's just going to chew up to live. Do you want to come back? So I did. I need to learn to put a man in the house now. 
He wanted me to talk dirty to him, which is not my forte. You can probably tell that already. I don't think anyone really knows how to talk dirty to someone. It's like so they go to tutorial somewhere. I'm afraid to Google it. So I guess, um, you know, I assume you are singing on the theme song to the pilots. Yeah, that's yeah. me. Yeah. And I'm playing guitar. Uh, I didn't realize that you played guitar and sang. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. That's fantastic. <laughs> and so is that uh, something that you picked up just kind of through osmosis, or...? Um, gosh, I've been playing guitar... Well, I've been playing music since, I mean... Well, fourth grade, you know, everyone had to learn the recorder, but I, right. you know, I, after that, I, yes, <laughs> I got real into the recorder, mm-hmm. played it for a number of years, I played flute after that, and then I switched to French horn, which I still play, mm. I have one that I try to use wow. sometimes. <laughs> Are you, so you can, you play, play French horn? Uh-huh. And you're not in a band or something <laughs> not like in a that? Band. That's fantastic. I don't have time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, um, and I've been playing guitar since I was 14, my brother and sister got me a little blue J.J. Hart with a mm. heart-shaped sound hole for my 14th birthday. Aww. It was really sweet, and I'm, you know, I've learned out of books pretty much. Yeah, you know, I actually recommend this more and more to people who want to pick up an instrument and whatnot, is that, like, you get those, like, how-to-play, like, beginner mm-hmm. books. 
They're great. They're, I mean, like... They have all the basics. Yeah, my Mel Bay banjo is, like, the one that I know how to play banjo from. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, like, it's a, a beginner's simple... Yeah, mine was called You Can Play Guitar. Right? <laughs> it's, like, it sounds like a joke, but it, it really does, does work. That's It's all you need, you know? It's got all the fingering charts. It explains how to strum, how to, how to pick, how to do whatever. Gives you a couple two three chord songs to learn and from there you know it's all just learning chord variations and style right and getting a callus yeah yeah building up the calluses yeah. that's the hardest part honestly of learning guitar is your fingers hurt yeah yeah i'm glad i started when i was 14 because if i had started any later i don't think i would play guitar <laughs> you just would have given up <laughs> yeah luckily i was a socially inept 14 year old so mm. I just spent my afternoons going to the park playing guitar no actually <laughs> you could do worse I think <laughs> oh uh, absolutely yeah. oh I, I did worse also <laughs> <laughs> there were days you didn't bring the guitar you just sat in the park and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I guess my other you know, so French horn seems the hard part to me so like <laughs> guitar you can kind of cover a little bit because chords and pedals and things mm. and you know, whatever. Sometimes it, yeah, you can you can fudge on the guitar. Yeah. But French horn, I feel like <laughs> if you fuck yeah. up, people know. <laughs> yep, like, absolutely. Like, that's so impressive. If you crack to me. a note, it's very apparent, especially on a French horn. It's a very loud instrument. Yeah, I did some school band when I was younger, and what'd you play? Trombone. Oh, cool. Which was very hard. Yeah, trombone's tough. And I, I to this day don't think I was good, but I, I think I got uh, well enough where I could blend into the background there you of go. the orchestra <laughs> and not be noticed too badly. Um, you know, especially if you're sitting next to a tuba guy who's mm-hmm. good, like he can cover a lot of <laughs> yeah. a lot of low end it's for you. Blend into that bass. Yeah, um, but I, I just remember the horn players. I felt like the good ones. They had like this whole other. <laughs> it, it wasn't like in rock and roll. <laughs> you know, like, no. No, the horn's not a very particularly rock and roll instrument. <laughs> right. No. 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 But I mean, like it, it just it showed out. It stood out so mm-hmm. well when you were bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. For a while in middle school, I was the only French horn player. Oh wow! Which, you know, that's that's a bit of pressure on a middle schooler, <laughs> right? Because yeah. you know, the horn in a lot of songs will have some salient line that yeah. goes over everybody, and it's supposed to be beautiful and mm-hmm. like majestic and shit. And if you can't play it right, then oof, you ruin the song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny that you brought up recorders too, because I just had this memory. Uh, this uh, eight-year-old that I've been helping out with was frantically searching for his recorder. Oh, no. And I was like, they still do recorder in school. <laughs> I, I thought it was like an antiquated thing. <laughs> yeah, like, no, they, they're going strong. Recorder's yeah. eternal. That might be one of those things where it's like, you know, yeah, the, the grid is down, but we're still teaching recorder <laughs> yeah. to people, you know? like, yes. yeah, it's old-timey. Excellent. Well, uh, so uh, there's a lot of fronts here. Uh, the pilots and the podcast, that's... Yes. Easy to find in like iTunes and other. Um... The easiest one word for it. Um, I think uh, what you have to do is search Salem Comedy Studios. Yes. And that will bring up the podcast, which is um, just a talking and joking around show, basically hosted by Chad Johnson. I'm sort of co host. I'm on most of them. And you guys sneak in questions about comedy, too. Don't yes, we talk about you know, comedy like, a lot. It does. It's it, like, very comedy focused. It takes about a 45 minutes to get there sometimes, <laughs> yeah. but then, like, in but the middle, happens. you'll sneak in, like, what do you, how do you do this? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, so that mic we just had. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, but we'll have, it'll be the two of us usually, and then um, we've been recording it after the open mics at Capital City Theater, so pretty much whoever's hanging around and wants to hop on, Mm -hmm, and that's mm -hmm. been really fun. Yeah. We've been getting into some really goofy shit lately, And it's a wide range of of guests, too. It's not just the same people every week. Yeah, yeah. We we have, you know, a lot of repeat guests. Sometimes we'll get new people on there, and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, those are... I, I guess I don't know if they're interesting to other people. I like listening to them. <laughs> I think, so this is the thing. It's like, you know, you cross a threshold where you're like, I want to listen to podcasts about or with comedy in them. Mm-hmm. And then I think once you cross that line, like, you're, you're all in. Yeah, <laughs> yes. It's a comedy podcast. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's that one. Um, and then the pilots will come up as well, which is. But there's a few on this network yeah, now. Yeah, there's one too. more, and it is great. Uh, it's called Jeff Needs Something to Do. Yeah. It's hosted by Jeff Parks, who is another local comedian, uh, produced by Chad, who plays a big part in the show. Jeff, uh, he, he has a guest on each episode, and I'm on a lot of them. Um, there's like an improv segment that I do, mm-hmm. where I'll play. I've been playing characters and stuff recently, nice. which is really fun. And um, it's, I love it. I love listening to it. It's so are, you know, these characters are they even different than the po- the, the pilot's oh, yeah, characters? Yeah, oh, yeah okay. totally different. Uh, I recently played David Bowie's ghost on one of them. <laughs> I bet his ghost has a lot to say about what's happened recently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has some comments. Uh, yeah. It was very silly. But Jeff, he um, writes out uh, various segments where he does different characters. Some of them come back in further episodes. Wow. He'll play some songs. He uh, <laughs> he plays games with the guests. Uh, for example, um, uh, he plays a game called Which Band Love Jesus, <laughs> which is really fun. He'll play two songs, and then the guest has to uh, mm. guess which band is Christian. Oh, man. This could be really tricky. It is. Oh, it's He's tricky. He's he's very good at picking the songs. He tricked me on the one that I was a guest on. Nice. Um, or another game that we've been doing recently that's endlessly fun is um, Ten Dumb Jokes. <laughs> where the guest gets five uh, Jeff coins mm. and um, we take turns reading ten dumb jokes that Jeff and or Chad and or I have uh, collaborated, or I'm not supposed to say who wrote them. The writing staff writes them <laughs> before the show. We'll edit that out, don't worry. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, there are ten dumb jokes, just, you know, they live up to the name and mm-hmm. we read them and uh, the guest has to yeah, if they laugh, they lose a Jeff coin. <laughs> so they have to keep as many as they can. <laughs> it's so much fun. Wow. Okay. This is another. You keep level hopping on me here because, like, <laughs> you know, it's it's hard enough to write good jokes. Yes. But dumb jokes, like, it's surprisingly it's, easy to write a dumb joke. Really? You find it? Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, when you're, I guess it's easier in a team. Mm-hmm, but, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, it, just, it feels like that thing of, like, once you know how to do something well, it's hard to do it badly. Like, that's where my <laughs> mind is going on this one. But yeah. Maybe, well, maybe. then maybe once you know how to do something really well, you know how to do it badly easily. Oh. Or something. Not saying that I know how to write jokes really well. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know you what I'm saying. might have just blown our minds. Oh, oh no. <laughs> no. I'm trying to do... I'm not trying to blow anything. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I know that I... I, I um, asked you about this last time i'm gonna ask again yeah. do you feel like an album is in your future because no, like i don't know <laughs> i don't know no really i mean may- maybe okay. i haven't i'm not planning on it i'm not opposed to it but i i'm nowhere near ready okay you know okay. i think 
an album, it, I mean, it's it's different now because like anyone can record an album very easily. We record albums at oh, the theater. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, you just you get your whatever half hour, forty five minutes, hour of material, and you you do it. But like, it that doesn't mean it's going to be good. I think right. a lot of people. I think a lot of people see recording an album as uh, like a milestone, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. it is to it an extent, be, yeah. but it, you shouldn't do it because it's a milestone. I don't think you should anyway. Right. Well, um, yeah, th- I like this because we, we just got philosophical about an album. I like it. Uh, <laughs> it is the record of that period of your yes, whatever. Yes. You know, like however your sets last into the future or whatever you know mm-hmm. if you save them forever or delete them someday or whatever mm-hmm. uh that album should be the document yeah if it's not like the one that you like then yeah <laughs> you're, you're, you're 10 years from now you have a bad first album that yes. you hate <laughs> yes. i want to bring up um an album we uh, that was recorded at the theater recently mm-hmm. by Max Brockman from Eugene. Oh, I think I heard about this. Yeah. He, yeah, he is a hilarious comic. Um, a lot of one-liners, some stories. And he recorded this album where uh, the conceit was really interesting because um, he has uh, been sober for uh, just about a year, mm. right around the time of his album. He hit the year mark. Oh, okay. And so he... Uh, framed his album as a, um, a documentation of jokes that he had written in his sobriety journal day by day. So oh, okay. he would say, day one, here's a joke. Day two, here's a joke. Hmm, okay. And it, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah, it was really fascinating to watch, and he did an amazing job, and it just, it really, uh, it, it really demonstrated the idea that an album is... Uh, a record like you're saying of yeah, yeah. the time past mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know he's burned all those jokes since right <laughs> yeah well and like um you know there's something about how th- those jokes got that good because he did them for a while yes then he recorded the record. exactly you know? it's like exactly. it's not like he just walked in one day and wrote an album <laughs> yes which i've also seen done at the theater um wow yes by a certain comedian who i will not name because i don't think uh, he deserves to be googled or they yeah. deserve to be googled Don't, yeah. um, not worth anyone's time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah this person I was going to say comic but uh, that's too high on the <laughs> it is and I, I know that sounds um, it might sound petty but this is one of those people who uh, like we were talking about earlier uses comedy for mm. personal gain yeah yeah so, yeah because the system exists in there exactly yeah. and they're gaming the system so the way this person approached comedy was um, they did open mics for four months. They lived in Portland and would drive down, you know, once or twice a week to do the Salem mic because we give more time. And we were, we were very welcoming at first, like, right. oh, cool, this new comic is really dedicated to coming down. And then we all sort of realized, oh, no, this person's just trying to get 45 minutes to an hour of material to put on an album, which they then recorded, and uh, it was not a good show. <laughs> it was just not even not a good album, just not a good show at mm-hmm. all. Like, because there were unpolished right. jokes that weren't thought out. They weren't. They weren't the pinnacle of what they could have been, which is what should be on an album—a joke in its you know most perfect form or whatever as right, close right, as right. you can get it. Whereas this person was just trying to fill time and and. You know, in between all that, they were 
booking these gigs all around the Northwest and up and down the coast and, you know, sort of leeching on to various local headliners and getting them gigs, which is why the headliners were working with this person, <laughs> I can only assume, but right, right, it's just right. like, it, it, it was skeevy, you know, they were just trying yeah. to make money, trying to make a name or something off of it, it's, it was weird. Well, and it's, and it's frustrating too, because like, uh, kind of like what we've been getting at this whole time is that it's not like... <clears throat> there's a lot of money to be made yeah. by recording an album and releasing it and no, really pursuing not. the comedy world. Like, y- you break even if you're lucky when you go to do shows out of town mm-hmm. and maybe you got a room to stay in money. or yes. whatever. Uh, so, like, the stakes are, like, low-high again. Mm-hmm. It's, like, this mm-hmm. weird thing where, like, to them it's, like, the highest stakes ever and to everyone else it's, like, you're just pissing on the floor in, yeah. our, ro- in our house. Yeah. Like, stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, it was. it was just so... It was so bizarre, and I, 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 I talked to this person about it. Like mm. I don't, I don't, because at one point uh, they texted me like, "What? Well, everyone at the theater seems like they're mad at me. Why? Why are people <laughs> canceling shows on me?" And I had canceled a show that he had booked me on in like Olympia, even though he was booking shows in <laughs> Portland and Eugene. That you know, like yeah, I guess I'll drive an hour for your show or whatever. But um, I dropped out of that because I, like I just I couldn't. I didn't respect how they were approaching comedy, and I didn't want to support that. Right. And I, I, I hate canceling gigs. I don't do it. If sure, I can avoid sure. it, I will do the gig. You know. Because it's your reputation gigs. as well. Yeah, it's reputation, and it's like because I do respect comedy. You know, I respect a show mm-hmm, if mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. put on honestly for the sake of being a good comedy show. Right. You know, I don't know. It's it's just weird. No, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's disappointing to see that kind of behavior. Totally. To- well, it's disappointing, too, because you see the opposite as well, and you want to make more room for people who actually care. Yes. And, like, totally. the person who has actually, like, been trying for a few months, and they mm-hmm. finally, like, got the nerve to go up, and they tell their jokes, and then next week they're like, I got it better this time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's a more impressive, fun yeah. story. Because, like, we and all... That's, that's the kind of person we're trying to book at Friday yeah. Night Funny. You yeah, know? yeah. Because that... the premise of that show is like we book people who we've seen at open mics that we like and think you know we want to give them stage time. I will uh, tell you guys a little story about a fun fella I met recently in Salem. His whole vibe was that uh, he refused to leave my lawn. That was just like a thing. Show up. 
side and I'm watching out the window, I see there's a whole scrub going on and things down and throwing rocks and shit, it's getting weird. And eventually go to the end and they get into the car and right as they're about to get into the car, this is a perfect moment that will always stand out for me. He sort of straightens up and he looks right at my door and it's like he's looking just in my soul. And he leans back and he goes, I'm gonna come back and take a shit on your lawn! <laughs> and they put him in the car and took him somewhere. And uh, sure enough, <laughs> a couple of weeks go by and we uh, go outside, walk around my lawn, and I see there in my breast pile of shit. <laughs> And I know what you're thinking, Emma, that shit could have been from so many kinds of animals. No, this shit is clearly from a human who has not eaten enough fiber recently. <laughs> I can tell because there's been a hand thrown through it. Yeah, I guess where it's still a little shit place on my window. Yeah. The whole thing though is just, it was a really nice, like, positive experience coming out. I mean, I definitely feel like it's it's tricky, and this is in music as well, but also in other forms of art, where like the people who really are passionate about it sometimes are stuck in this room with this mm -hmm. asshole who's controlling the stage for a few minutes, yeah. and everybody's like looking at each other, going like, like, well, I guess we have to let this guy be president for a while. Or, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I got metaphoric there. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> no, it's I mean it's it's. It's more or less true. I mean, you know, it all comes back to the audience and what they respond to. Although, there is this unfortunate trend and this uh, person I'm talking about also fell into it of seeming to not care whether they do well. Whoa, that's weird. It is weird. If it's I know one thing weird. about comedians... They really care about the audience. <laughs> they should, because that's, you know, if you don't, then what are you doing? Right, like they want that laugh. You know, that's what it's like, don't, you, don't, you don't have to cater towards them. Like, I don't cater to the audience, but mm -hmm. I try to do jokes that laugh, because then I know that I've communicated something sure. correctly and honestly. Yeah. My favorite uh, Greg Proops-ism that he runs over and over again is... His like, well, I'm a very needy man, and I need your laughter. I need you to laugh at my jokes, please. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It's, yeah, that's good. Yeah, and so when someone's up there who it seems like they don't care, I'm like, hmm, something doesn't ring true. Yeah, when, when their attitude is like, oh, you guys just don't get it, or you're you're just not my crowd. It's like, well, they're a crowd, yeah, so you better you do just, a good job for them. You just condescended to the, these twenty. Yeah. Well, there, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, to get up and do a shitty set and then get off the stage and be mad at them instead of saying, well, I better do better next time. Yeah. That's inaccurate. Yeah. You know what that guy needs? More cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, he's sober now. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, dude. Uh, well, this has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, thank you for having podcasts. me. Podcasts. Uh, check you out at the... Um, open mics in town. I'll uh, be there. Front Street on Sundays. Yes. Which uh, Capital Theater is what day again? Capital City Theater is uh, Thursdays at eight. Thursdays. No cover. Mm -hmm. um, five minute sets. We, we've been getting a lot of out of town people recently, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah, the mics have been really fun lately. That's Just, awesome. Like picking up. We've got 
four, I think, five maybe rotating hosts, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, it's really fun. And Front Street uh, version three has just started <laughs> again. That's that's hosted by Chad Johnson, and um, it's uh, it's our bar mic. Yeah, in town. And another person who seems to be working every night of the week. Yes, yes, he's he's very dedicated. You know, he runs the whole podcast studio. He works at the theater too. Yeah, yeah. He's he's on the team that books Friday Night Funny along with um, me and Zach Chapel and um, Dash Thompson. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Front Street's fun. We've been doing karaoke afterwards. <laughs> which is great it's all set up you know chad sets it up so he's hosting i think i've seen too. some photos of this too <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, probably yeah uh, i ran karaoke at a bar in portland for a couple years and uh it was a very fascinating job because yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing with like open mics and stuff like mm-hmm. that i want my um, stage time exactly yes. uh and you get every level of person who is aware of exactly how famous this performance mm-hmm. <laughs> warrants <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but yeah karaoke is a lot of fun too because i think people who um i think if you have a little bit of funny in you karaoke is better you yeah know? like oh, if totally. you're too serious about it it just doesn't land um, oh man last week i uh tony meyer the improviser i brought up earlier he was he he's started to do stand up, which is awesome. And uh, so he was at the mic, and then he did karaoke afterwards, and just did this spot on, but also very silly uh, Johnny Cash, Prison <laughs> uh, Prison Blues, and it just it killed. Nice. And he like sang really well and sounded like Johnny Cash, but it was funny, and it was just it was a very nice moment. Yeah. See. <laughs> so shouts out to Tony. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that covers everything uh cool. do you have a website or are you just uh i'm on facebook yeah yeah <laughs> instagram yeah. cool yeah yeah, yeah. social media yeah stuff. i don't know well i i try I, I try to post when i'm doing shows i usually i i'm tr- not great about it but i'm trying to be better this is the problem with people who are performing a ton is that like sometimes advertising their uh, yeah <laughs> I don't, yeah i don't like to spam people like hey guess what i'm doing you know Again. <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm i'm considering making uh one of those you know with image macro with the just the list of shows on it once yeah. i once i get <clears throat> enough shows lined up again sure uh, oh i also do want to say i am uh i book and host a show called truth or dare live that's right at capital city theater we didn't even theater. talk about this one oh yeah oh and there's another show i want to talk about too um truth or dare live is a ridiculously fun show i'm uh, i've rebranded it as a comedy party game show Hmm. I think that's what it says on the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it's great. I get um, six comics on stage, and um, I have them each write down some truth about themselves and put it in a bucket. I have the audience write down dares for the Whoa. comics to do. Oh, no. <laughs> yes, so each of the comics goes up and does a 10-minute set, and then... Uh, I read a truth out of the bucket. I, I get to sit at the God mic, which is really fun. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, I read that. They have to guess whose it is. If they guess right, then uh, the person whose truth it is has to do a dare. <laughs> if they guess wrong, they have to do a dare. If they get their own, they have to admit it and do a dare. And wow. Yeah, there's been some... I've seen crazy things happen because of that show. 
you have literalized exactly what it's like to do comedy, <laughs> which is basically like splitting open your soul and sharing it to the crowd in front of you. That's but yeah. That's instead, the you're idea. like, I'm going to actually force you to tell something that's yes. not even funny. It's just true. Yes. Some of them are funny. The only rule I have for the truth is don't make it super depressing. Mm, mm-hmm. Because I, yeah, I didn't yeah, say yeah, that yeah. for the first show, and one of the comics who is. <laughs> no. Uh, notoriously depressing, but also one of the funniest people I know, Julian Salier, he uh, put in the truth that um, he never met his father and only heard his name once from the divorce lawyer or something like that. Whoa. <laughs> it was just like, oh no. That is chilling. And it was like one of the first truths drawn on the very first show. I was just like, oh, they're never going to let me do this again. Yeah. You know, I, I think about first shows quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm. Not just going up to the mic for the first time but just first up concepts and whatnot because yes. you know as you said earlier the first one's going to be terrible no matter what yeah it's just going to fall apart somehow yeah, they all have their kinks yeah you know? it's it's always the like fifth time or yeah. so where you're like oh, okay it's all going yeah now. and that's where i'm getting now it's because it it's a show i do every other month so i think i've had maybe i don't know eight or nine of them or so mm-hmm. and i'm i uh, just had one last last saturday i want to say um and uh yeah it's just it's really found its speed nice it's it's really nice i realized that it helps if i book all people who know each other and are friends with each other on the show because then you know they all will be riffing and Mm -hmm. talking shit the whole time which is awesome yeah you know like uh, i feel like the the show behind the show of everybody waiting to go up (laughs) and like jabbing each other with little bits oh, here yeah, and there. Oh, yeah, are fun. Yeah, that, that, I feel like that's a whole show that needs to be documented somehow, because, like, the times yeah. that I've seen it, I'm like, this is really something special. Well, it's actually just like that movie, Green Room. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll just steal that for uh, something. And then, perfect. There you go, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and then the other show I wanted to talk about is called Zach Chapel Everybody. Yeah. It is a uh, late night talk variety parody show. Yeah, it's like Kilborny in a way. Yeah, it's um it's uh it's it's written by uh well it's hosted by Zach Chapel, another mm-hmm. local comic who I mentioned earlier. Um and Chad Johnson is his co-host, and it's set up like a late-night talk show. You yeah, know, you get the desk and the couch and the mic and everything on stage. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's written by Zach, Chad, me, and uh, uh, Jared Richard, mm-hmm. uh, co-owner of Capital City Theater. And yeah, comedian yeah. and improviser extraordinaire. And um, it's got uh, sketch, video, stand-up, improv, music, games, audience involvement. It's almost like an actual, like, like tuning in for David Letterman in, like, the heyday. Yeah, but it's live, (laughs) and it's weird, and it's half-improvised, and things go wrong, and things go unexpectedly right, Mm. and it's just, it's so much fun. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, we've, we have our uh, sixth, seventh one Mm. coming up, I think, um, on the 31st. I don't know when this is coming out, but yeah. it's a monthly show, so... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, uh, it's the... We're moving it to Thursdays, so okay. it, it'll be that for an hour, and then the open mic afterwards, um, last Thursday of every month. Nice. And I I don't know if we're going to charge admission. If we do, it's five bucks, so mm-hmm. it's, like... You know, yeah, something pretty reasonable. Yes, very reasonable. Um, and that's 
that's just I I really want to get the word out about that show because like mm-hmm. it it needs big crowd. Yeah, it does better. All. It does better as a. It yeah. does. Plus, you know, a lot of people, not just the four of us, we have you know we've got all kinds of improvisers at the theater and people making videos and stuff who also contribute to the show. So like, yeah, I want people to see it because we all work really hard on it. Yeah, well, and it's one of those things too where like, um, uh, you know, uh talk show stuff kind of went away mm-hmm. and was like oh like once you've seen space ghost it's kind of like well they've done the ultimate like yeah. parody of a yeah. uh so it went away for a while and i kind of like that it's coming back and it feels mm-hmm. like a different wrinkle it is know? well it's you know it's live which yeah. is you know we don't we don't tape it it's not something that, you got to be we, in the room to see this exactly <laughs> it's, it's an experience it really is mm-hmm. yeah. like having been having witnessed the show both on stage as part of the show and just as an audience member granted a writer the whole time but sure it's like it's it's a really special show cool I, I haven't seen anything else like it live yeah yeah I was trying to think of something else like that and it's like there was one in Portland like 10 years ago yeah and yeah it, you know you have to yeah you have to go to like an LA or Seattle mm, yeah or exactly or yeah, yeah and you know the the um the dedication to these shows too like i mean not just the open mics and and these mm-hmm. kinds of shows but just like there's a really exciting vibe of comedy in salem that's kind of it felt not quite as exciting in portland <laughs> <laughs> yeah <clears throat> i so. mean portland's portland's a, a different sort of beast you know they have so many comics and so many venues that, yeah well and, you know, everywhere you go it feels and Almost venues like that they're competing on a higher national yeah, level, yeah. And so totally. Uh, but like, I don't know. There's something that's very exciting about this, where yeah. it feels almost like edgier, even <laughs> though like it's not necessarily like I'm going to tell some racist jokes now. Yeah, you no, know? <laughs> we don't, yeah, we don't condone that at the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you uh, shouldn't anyway. Yeah, so. <laughs> if, you do, if you pull some shit like that, I will make fun of you and make the audience laugh at you. Yeah, yeah. Not, we'll, not we'll, at your jokes, but at you. We'll record a, a second podcast to, to talk about that gentleman. <laughs> oh, if they do that, so. yes, great, great. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... It... Salem's comedy scene all revolves around Capital City Theater, and it's 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 very homegrown and it's very um, uh, nourishing to comics. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. you don't have to feel lucky to get stage time there because yeah. they, they they want it. They want to put on shows that people think mm-hmm. up. They want to you know give people opportunities. And, yeah, if and you're it's in, awesome. if you're interested, like they're interested. Like it's yeah. a symbiotic. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, if you're yeah, if you're excited and willing to do the work and mm-hmm. to put on a good show, then yeah, they'll. They'll work with you. And that's going to do it for us this week on the show. Uh, Emma Jonas, uh, a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, you know, I did another interview with her uh, for a zine that I was writing. And, uh, you know, I didn't really save the audio for it. I just kind of, like, used that conversation as a way to uh, produce the story. Uh, and I kind of regret 
doing that because I think that it would have been interesting to have that conversation as well paired with this one uh, to kind of see how uh, she's changed uh, just in a short period of time. Uh, but, you know, we kind of talk about that in the show, so it, I don't know. It just felt like repetition. Uh, and uh, more to the point, I can't dig it up. It's gone. So, oh well. <laughs> Moving on to other things. Uh, I'll have some links in the show notes uh, where you can find the pod chaos and the pilots, uh, the two shows that she's on uh, regularly. Uh, And then uh, we'll just do a general link to all the other stuff that we talk about so that you can find these things. Uh, You know, the beauty of uh, the Salem comedy scene is that it's actually online and pretty well documented. So if you wanted to check it out, even if you don't live in the area, you totally can. It's uh, it's great that way. Um, so yeah, we'll put in the necessary links for you to find that stuff. And uh, we hope that uh, you are enjoying this kind of thing. I don't want to spoil things or tip my hand too much, but uh, I think next week's show is going to go along with this one fairly well so uh think of them as a pair and uh while you are uh chewing on that i'm gonna bid you adieu you guys are wonderful you guys are beautiful and without you there would be no program be seeing you Unless you had something else you wanted to throw in at the end, I think that's that's a good that's a good uh, show. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've been getting back into flossing lately. I just mm. want to do a shout out to it flossing. It is so hard. Okay, let me, <laughs> I'm I'm into this conversation topic right here. You can fall out of flossing so easy. Oh yeah, like, you skip one night, yeah. and then you're out. Yeah. You're out. You know, you're done like, for six months. <laughs> and so like. I almost got daily for a while. Nice. It was getting super close, you know. And like <laughs> yeah. I thought, like okay, I got the reminders on the phone set mm-hmm. and everything, and on the calendar. You get the good floss, not the weird wax. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And and I thought I was going to be living large, and then like it, a week went by. Yeah. I was like, what? What am I doing? Like. Ugh. Yeah, they say it takes what thirty days to build a habit. I, like I wouldn't that. know. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't yeah. gotten there yet. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, shout out to flossing. Yeah, Skip no, it, it's good. I just I wish I could stick with it. I know. So. Well, I'm. I guess I'm. I'm saying it to hold myself accountable. Yeah. If anyone, if anyone hears this podcast, and sees me, ask me if I've been flossing. Yeah, check up on the flossing, yes, man. Please. I, yeah. <laughs> totally. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It, you know, oh, man, dental hygiene too. Like, there's nothing. I don't feel cleaner than I, when I walk out of a dentist. Oh, man, that's and it's great. It's, it's so good. At the same time, I have major anxiety about going to the dentist because oh. I know they're going to make fun of me because it's been so long. Mm. There's so much plaque built up. It's awful. See, I, I don't know if this is just because my wife and I go to the same dentist and it's the same gal that cleans both of us, but, like, I don't get made fun of at all. Really? Yeah, even when I screw up, she's you like, me the name of that dentist. man, you didn't floss. And I'm just like, yeah. She's like, can you try harder? <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> See, that's uh, that's even too much for me. <laughs> mm, yeah, I mean, like, she's not really shaming. But, I'm already you know. making myself feel guilty enough, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I, I already like, know what I'm doing wrong. We, we, we can uh, probably make ourselves feel guilty if we just sat in a room quietly alone. Oh, yeah, that's you know? what I do all day. <laughs> it's just number one hobby. Right.
feeling guilty about whatever. Nothing yeah, in whatever particular. Comes up. Yeah. yeah, you'll find it. You'll find something. Always, Just, always. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not meditation. It's it's searching for <laughs> guilt. Yes, that's another word for it. Uh, Self hatred, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Our resting state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, existing. I think <laughs> is the term yeah. I'm looking for. WTPC Anywhere Anywhere From our house to yours